Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Pacers Pod. Coming at you on Tuesday, January 30th at five, roughly 5.30 p.m. We've got the Pacers on TNT at Boston a couple hours from now. Very excited to see this game. Very, very excited. This is, uh, the Pacers have been, they've, they've had a lot of really big games lately uh, against, you know, top teams in the NBA. This is, you know, the Celtics are considered kind of the cream of the crop of the Eastern Conference going into their building. Um, you know, the team has been very enjoyable lately. Um, and so I guess, you know, it's like starting this podcast, you know, two hours before a really important game feels a little like, I kind of wish I, I, I want to, I want to, this, this Boston game is a big, is a big game to gather, um, you know, just kind of data points on this team and where we're at, um, obviously, we're still dealing with the the Halliburton injury, but it appears as though he's going to play. So that's another, you know, that changes everything again. Um, but I just wanted to take the time to 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 sit down and talk about this team and and uh, I don't know, just my feelings about where we're at, um, knowing that it's a it's an incomplete picture because we haven't had Halliburton lately, but. The Pascal Siakam era has has officially begun, and uh, the last episode I did was right after the Siakam trade, and now we've seen Siakam play six games, and you know it's just like what's it what has it been like what does it feel like having Siakam on the team, and it got off to it got off to a rough start in the sense that. So Halliburton's missed, you know, 10 or 11 of the last 11 or 12 games. And the one game he did play, they brought him back on the road trip at Portland. It was Siakam's debut. Halliburton was back. Heading into that game, that game was, uh, you know, so it was at Portland. So for us Hoosiers here that live in the state, that's a that's a 10 o'clock tip. And, you know, for me personally, that's that's way past my bedtime. I'm never. I don't. I don't really ever stay up till ten o'clock. I'm usually always in bed before ten. Um, but it was the debut of Siakam. Halliburton was coming back. It was against Portland. It felt like this is the game that you must stay up and watch, which I did. And it was disappointing in the fact that the Pacers lost. But just seeing Siakam, there were glimpses during the game where you're like, okay. This is going to be nice. And in Halliburton, so the Pacers end up losing that game against the Trailblazers, um, which was uh, which was quite the letdown. But at the same time, it couldn't really damper the excitement of getting a, getting a player um, with the pedigree of, of Pascal Siakam. And so Halliburton has then missed the last five games. Siakam's been in all five games. The Pacers... You know, they, they go and they lose to um, Phoenix. Shit, I don't remember. Who else did they lose to? They lost to Portland, 
Phoenix. Hmm. You know what? I don't remember who that other team was, but they lost since Pascal has been with the team. They lost the first three games with Pascal and then they won the last three. The last three being at home against Philly, Phoenix, and the Memphis Grizzlies most recently. And the thing I like to sum it up, Pascal Siakam is just a really good basketball player. He's just really good. He's experienced, 29 years old, been in the league for a while, won a championship, been the best player on a team. Um, he does it all, he makes an impact all over the floor. And he fits this Pacers team so well. And we haven't seen him with Halliburton, really, besides the one game in Portland, which is what we're about to see tonight, which is why it's like, I almost wanted to wait, but at the same time, I know, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to go down to Florida for a couple of weeks and, you know, chances of uh, getting a podcast in are pretty, pretty slim. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about this, this kind of, this kind of little window of the season when it was just Siakam, it was before Halliburton came back. Hopefully, God willing, Halliburton plays tonight against Boston and then doesn't have to go back and miss miss any more time for the season. Like, hopefully this injury has actually fully healed. Um, you do have to, like, you do wonder, like, why? I mean, I, I he must have felt great. Uh, medical staff obviously cleared it. Uh, he must have felt great, ready to play in Portland. And then I think I was, I was watching, a, like, maybe a practice interview or something Halliburton was talking about you know, how he reacted or how his body reacted after the Portland game. And it just, um, I, he was basically saying like, he didn't really feel, um, he didn't feel like he was able to kind of recover after that game uh, in the sense that he could keep going. So it's still an, a concern. So we're, we are still kind of on thin ice here with Halliburton and, and whatever's going on with that hamstring. He's already, you know, I don't know if he's missed games for this, but he's mentioned, you know, having lower back problems or having back problems since he was like in high school, even. Uh, we ha- we know we had that one season last year when Halliburton went down. Uh, what was it like in January and missed the entirety of the season? So uh, this is me knocking on wood. Listen, uh, I Halliburton is I mean, this year has just been absolutely breathtaking. As, I mean, as a fan, he's taken us to a level that, honestly, in my wildest dreams, I don't even think, I mean, I, I, I always held out hope that Halliburton could be an all-NBA player, but I don't think I even really held out any hope that he could be an MVP-type player. And that's what he's showing us this season so far. Um, but, there, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, the injuries have been a thing. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he's a young guy, he's getting stronger every day. Like, hopefully this isn't something that like, kind of like is always a topic, but so far, unfortunately it has been with Halliburton. Um, but, but the point being is just like Pascal adding him to this team, watching him lead this team while Halliburton's been injured, it's been great. He is a legitimate, he's not a number one guy on a championship team, but he is, he's a number one guy on a team that, you know, 
wins games during the regular season. And that's what he's doing for the Pacers. And he's doing it in a way that's very subtle. I feel like everything that he's doing is in the flow of the offense. I feel like the other guys on the team, you know, whether that be Miles Turner or ben, or Benedict Matherin or Andrew Nimhard or Aaron Neesmith, those guys are able to shine with the addition of Pascal because he he can shoulder a lot of weight and a lot of weight that this team in 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 ways that this team really needed somebody to come in and shoulder some weight, which is athleticism, size, versatility, all-around player, Swiss Army knife type player. A guy that can give you assists, can give you rebounds, gives you points efficiently. Um it's been a real treat. I, I've really, really enjoyed the Pascal Siakam experience. The day after the Pacers made that trade um, in my fantasy league, I offered up DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Kuzma. I did a two for one to try to, to get Siakam and I got the deal done. So now he's on my fantasy team. Um, and he's been nice just because of the efficiency and scoring and the rebounding and the assists and the steals. Um, He's just been a really nice player. He's put up some big stat lines, like the game, like we beat the 76ers at home, and he had 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. He did that in 32 minutes. He just seems to be a guy that everyone has embraced, and I think the addition of Siakam has raised the intensity and the, oh, what do you call it? Maybe like the tenacity of the team. I feel like, I feel like it really has put like this team already like everybody that got it was always it's always been this whole season it's been next man up mentality obviously we have a deep roster whoever's playing knows that they don't outside of Tyrese and maybe Miles like there wasn't you had to fight for minutes you had to prove like you had to produce when you were out there and just adding Siakam it just kind of adds this layer of legitimacy to this team and a lot of guys are really stepping up into that um and it's just one of those things where it's like, man, I don't know how, I wasn't necessarily like, what am I trying to say? I wasn't sure that Pascal Siakam was the guy that I wanted us to go after, but six games in, I'm feeling really good about it. I'm feeling like, okay, we're going to get Tyrese back. Him and it's going to be another, like you're, we're going to have to go through another six games of, you know, learning, um, like, you know, every, like, what I'm trying to say is like Siakam and Halliburton are going to have to, it's going to take time to develop the chemistry with both of those guys on the court. But at the same time, it's looked so good without our best player, courtesy, like, thankfully we have guys like Andrew Nimhard and Matherin and Miles and Neesmith that, that step into roles and can produce and get us wins. Those, those wins that we had there's like a back-to-back -back against the 76ers and the Suns. That, those two games were just, I mean, th those felt like the peak of the season. I mean, we had the in-season tournament run, which was really nice. This has just been a season of ups and downs, but like the Pacers right now, what are we? I think we're sitting sixth in the Eastern Conference. Um, let me see. I, I, wrote, I, I put down, I looked at the standings before I recorded this podcast. Let me find where I, I put that. Like we were... Uh, Oh, so we're like, we're, okay, so we're nine games behind Boston for first, which is like, okay, they're probably, they're out in front. Everyone knows Boston's the favorite. 
But then we're only five games behind second. With That's where Milwaukee sits. And then we're only three games behind the 76ers, the Knicks, and the Cavs are currently in front of us. But we're three games behind the three seed. At this point in the season, we just added Siakam. Halliburton's coming off of an injury. Um, we're in a great position, man. I, you got to pinch yourself as a Pacers fan. Like, it just doesn't even feel... It doesn't even feel real in a way. Like expectations going into the season for me were just like play in would be great. Obviously, you didn't know what kind of moves they made. If you would have told me they were going to add Siakam before the trade deadline, I probably would have altered those up a level to like, all right, well, we better make the playoffs. But now, I mean, there's a legit like there's a really good chance if things go well that the Pacers end up with home court advantage in the playoffs. I mean, that would be, it's like, wow, we're here. It just happens quick. It's like we, we went through the past two seasons of, you know, in the lottery for our draft picks and like, okay, we added Ben McMatherin and now we added Jairus Walker and you just kind of felt like it was going to go a little slower, but it's like, no, adding Pascal Siakam, it just, it just, it just completed this team. I don't want to say the, I don't want to use the word complete, but it, it like, 80% of the way feels like it just completed this team into like a, I want it. We have to win a lot more games to call us contenders, but we already have the, like the best offense in the NBA. And now Pascal just helps fill in a lot of holes, a lot of gaps that he can, he can really help us in as an all-star caliber player. And that's what you, that's what I feel watching Pascal, like seeing him take a mismatch down low and doing a little fadeaway mid-ranger nothing but net. It's like, oh my God, this is perfect. This is exactly what we need. We need somebody with some size and skill. He's just the perfect blend of basketball that just fits perfectly with this team. And I love the fact that Pascal, you know, his rebounding, he's averaging almost eight rebounds a game. And when he grabs a defensive rebound, you know, and Tyrese hasn't been there for most of these games, but so far, what we've seen is he's not afraid to just grab that rebound and just take off down the court. And he's a willing passer. He is not a ball stopper. I was, that was a concern I had. Like, is he somebody who's going to need to do a lot of dribbling, a lot of one-on-one type play? And he had, I mean, he does that when he needs to do it or whenever he, I mean, he takes his, if he's got a mismatch, he's okay slowing it down and, and getting a good shot for himself, which that's what you want from somebody who's like an all NBA type player. We want, we want Pascal to be aggressive in those ways. That's, it's like, that's the difference between like Pascal versus like Aaron Neesmith. We don't want to see Aaron Neesmith trying to take guys off the dribble or like, you know, this possession is going to be me going one-on-one. But if it's Pascal, you can live with that and you actually like it. And he's been super efficient. Uh, he's shooting 57% from the field, 38% from the three-point line. The free throw, you know, that was a thing that I was, you know, his free throw percentages, it was not great coming into Indiana. And so far he's shooting 65%, but he does so many other things that you can just kind of live with some of the, he's not a perfect player. So, you know, the free throws are a little rough at 65%, but at the same time, I feel pretty good with him at the line. I, I just do. He's just one of those guys that's like, he's giving you 21 points a night. You take it. Um... Five, over five and a half assists and only and under two turnovers. 
Come on, we'll take that. Um, as he since he's been leading the team with Tyrese out, the offense has looked great. There, it hasn't hasn't missed a beat. In fact, you know it makes you wonder, like, okay, if we if we wouldn't have made that Pascal tr- trade, you know, do we win that game against Philly? Do we win that game against Phoenix? Do we win that game against Memphis? I don't know. Probably not. Um, he just does a great job of picking his spots, playing within the team. Um, the chemistry feels great with Pascal. All the interviews that I've that I've heard him give, it's like he seems hungry. He seems humble. He feels like a perfect, perfect second star to pair with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, and the fact that he gives you so much, it, like okay. It's like Tyrese is a star from the guard position, and now we have another star from that forward position. And that's just, it's great. It's going to be great. I just can't wait to see how this team continues to grow together once Tyrese comes back tonight. I'm super hyped for this game against Boston. Um, But yeah, he's just just a guy that's like, it's been flawless. It it really has. It's it's been all positive. Um... He, I mean, he's made it very easy to forget about Bruce Brown and Jordan Wara and, uh, you know, three future first-round draft picks that are going to be in the 20s. It's like, okay, good riddance. We got Pascal Siakam now. And I'm even more excited about signing him to a max contract, uh, which it sounds like that's what's going to happen. You know, he's 29 years old, about to, he's going to be 30 by the time the playoffs come around. But... His game still looks fresh. I mean, he's there's there's no signs of uh, this guy's getting washed, you know, out there. So it's awesome. It 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 is it has really been a it's been a treat having Siakam on this team. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk. I mean, it's basically. It. I mean, it it. It's just been very, very good. I've, I've loved Siakam. And honestly, it's just like, okay, I don't necessarily think anything's going to change with him when you add Tyrese. I don't think the production's going to go down at all. I think it's just, he's just done everything as if he was just one of the other guys out there. It hasn't been the Pascal Siakam show. He's just doing everything. He's letting the game come to him. And... It, he's just fit in like a glove. It's, it, it's, it's been remarkable. And so it just makes you wonder, you know, how much better does this team get once Tyrese comes back? And once Tyrese and Pascal get get their, you know, rhythm together, um, this team is dangerous, as is, without making any more moves right now. Um, we obviously have to win a lot more games. We have to be tested in the playoffs to start throwing around contender. But at the same time, you throw a lineup out there with Halliburton, you know, I mean, Buddy Heald was the one who has been starting, but like Nimhard's been playing really well lately. So if you just look at like Tyrese, Nimhard, Neesmith, Siakam, Miles, then off the bench, you got Benedict, Isaiah Jackson, Buddy Heald, Obi Toppin, TJ McConnell, Isaiah Jackson. That's 11 guys right there. That's deep team. Um, now if you're talking playoffs, you're probably not seeing those last three, maybe not even buddy, but buddy or 
Benedict, you know, is it, it kind of depends on who's got it going. Um, but yeah, we're in the hunt. It's it's just one of those things. It's like I'm I'm just kind of um, I'm kind of in a sense. I've been going through this. Um, what do you call it? Maybe like uh, going through these like these emotions of wow, like we are kind of here. Like we're we're kind of already here, and it just happened really fast. I didn't I didn't think just that one trade would would make me feel this way, but it but it has. And my excitement for the roster of this team is just incredible. I mean, obviously Halliburton, what he's done, taking his game from where he was last year, making the all-star team. He checked all the boxes last year, played USA basketball, comes in this year, and just blows up again. I mean, he just re, re-emerges. It's like, no, I'm not just an all-star. I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to start that all-star game. I'm going to lead the Eastern Conference in I'm the best guard in the Eastern Conference. I'm an all-NBA guard that you have now as a Pacer fan. And it's like, okay, he's 23 years old, about to be 24. Um, Halliburton, my excitement level, it, the reason that they make A-plus a grade is for, for situations like this. I mean, Halliburton's got me at an A-plus excitement level. The addition of Pascal Siakam isn't, like, as a player... Pascal doesn't excite me as quite as much as Tyrese does, but with the fit as a second star the, to address the needs of this team, my excitement level for Siakam is an A+. Like, we're going to re-sign him, and he's going to be around this team for another three or four years. We're going to be, we are going to be a premier team in the Eastern Conference for the next three or four years. Granted, Tyrese can stay healthy. Um... And it's just like, wow, <laughs> just adding a guy who's, who brings what Siakam does, pair him with Tyrese Halliburton, and then, you, and then you still get to look at the rest of our roster that's, you know, has been playing amazing this year. It's incredible. Benedict Matherin. We, we, and like I mentioned this on the last podcast, but like the fact that we didn't have to trade away any of our young guys to get Siakam we still have them in this little incubator where it's like they have the opportunity to continue to grow and develop and contribute without the pressure of like Matherin is not our number two player at this point. And he wasn't before the trade. He's not after the trade, but you know, I I feel like with Benedict Matherin, like my excitement level for Matherin, you know, Obviously, I've, I've always been really high on Matherin, A+. Plus, um, but right now, I give him, it's like an A-, minus because the, the, the thing that's missing is just the consistency. But he's a 21-year-old guard, second year in the NBA, coming off the bench. Like, there's some games that he has it, and he looks like a potential all-star. And then there's games that he doesn't, and he gets benched. And he, you know, maybe gets four points and, and doesn't do a lot. He doesn't do a lot of other things at this point outside of scoring. So some of his his bad games look really, really bad. But his good games, his good games make you think, oh my God, we got Halliburton, Seahawkum, and Matherin. Like Matherin as your third, second, second, third, maybe first scoring out. I, it, that's what I really want to see is, is, is Matherin work himself into 
into the the flow with Siakam and with Halliburton. Like I want to see Matherin work himself into being in that closing group more consistently, not just whenever he's out there putting up 25 and seven rebounds and three assists and a steep, like he has those games and he closes games whenever he has it. But oftentimes at this point in his career, I shouldn't say oftentimes, but sometimes to the point where you can't necessarily, you don't necessarily trust Matherin yet all the way, the way that you can trust somebody like Halliburton or Pascal. And that's really what is going to, that's really what, what we need from Matherin is to step into that third role. Like we want Matherin to just take off. And then all of a sudden it makes, it even starts to take pressure off of Pascal and Tyrese. If Matherin can become what, what I think he can become and what he thinks he can become. But I don't know. I mean, nothing's really changed with, with, with Matherin over these past couple of games with Siakam. I mean, he's still coming off the bench, but he just still shows those flashes of shot making and the rebounding and the passing. It's there. It's, it is there sometimes when he, when he makes the passes, he makes some really good passes. Um, ones that you never would have seen last year, the defensive potential. I've seen that. I mean, he's able to get into guys. It's, it's not consistent enough yet, but he's showing flashes on like the passing the defense. I feel like he's just become more, almost like athletic like he's using his athleticism in a more productive way um i don't know i, I guess just like i i just feel especially when matherin has it going that his that he he he's like he's there's no way i'm i'm, I'm not calling matherin a potential like all-star type caliber player now he still has a long way to go, but he's still showing us flashes that he can be that. Um, we still have the negatives, too. I mean, like, you know, the games that he doesn't bring it, the games whenever he does seem lost on defense, the games when he's spending the whole time talking to the refs, the games when, um, or the moments during the games whenever it feels like, is he really bought into this team first flow that we're playing with, or is he more concerned about you know, getting his 18 points, um, the emotional, uh, challenges of being a young guy, um, in the league, trying to score the basketball. It's a tough position, but at the same time, I'll take the positives. I look at those and, and, and say he, show, he, he is showing us stuff in the second year that we weren't seeing in the first year. The team is, is in the playoffs potentially fighting for a home court advantage playoff seed. So we're winning games. His, his, his raw numbers are down from his rookie season, but the, what do you call it? Kind of like the, the importance, the, the level of intensity in which these games are being played at his production in these games are more meaningful than they were last year. And, and he's bringing it. There was a game, this last game against Memphis. My God. Uh, he came in, I think he scored, God, I think he had 19 points in the first half. But they, it almost like, it felt like he scored 17 of those 19 in like six minutes. He came in off the bench halfway through the first quarter. The, the Pacers were 
very sluggish offensively. Memphis was looking like they were going to not necessarily run away with the game because they just, Memphis was pretty depleted, but, you know, Matherin kept the team afloat on his back offensively. He was doing pull-up threes. He was getting to the paint. Um, and he just carried us offensively. And then he had a moment in the second half where uh, Ben Shepard Ben Shepherd got a steal. And then it was Shepard and Matherin, two-on-one fast break. I see... I start getting real excited because I'm like, Shepard, give it up. Give it up to Matherin because he's streaking down the right side of the court. And I see Matherin take his finger, point up to the sky. He's calling for the alley-oop. Shepard doesn't give him the lob, but he does give him a little shovel pass with enough time for Matherin to catch that thing, gather, and he does a one-handed body slam on Zaire Williams, who's like, you know, 6'7", 6'8", wing, athletic not a big guy but at the same time Zaire goes up to to contest it and Matherin just rises up above him with the body posterizes it and I got so hyped on that play just it's just because you could see it happening before it happened and then when Matherin finished it like that I yelled I yelled to the point I think my wife was like I think I startled my wife um and she was watching the game too, but she was just like, "Wow, that was that was a lot." And I'm like, "I know, I'm so I got, you know, I'm a little sorry, but not really sorry." Um, you know, so just you know, talking about the excitement of this roster, specifically Benedict Matherin, like to me, it's an A minus. I'm I'm still cautious. I'm not I'm not saying for sure, but he's still giving us enough where it feels like this thing is going to happen. He's he's going to bloom into what we hope he's going to bloom into. And I'm still all in. I still ride with double zero. And, you know, thankfully, my wife, I just today I'm, I'm rocking this new jersey. I got a city edition Benedict Matherin double zero um, indie jersey. I'm rocking it as I record this podcast in my cold garage. Just me and the heater out here. Um, and, and my sweet wife, she got it for me. Um, because she knows we're going on vacation. We're going to Florida. Gonna be meeting up with my brothers. I got two younger brothers. And you know, we like to we like to we like to rock jerseys at the pool. And uh I'm gonna have the best jersey. And my pace my brothers, they're not Pacer fans. Um, they do, you know, they've got some nice jerseys. They've got like uh uh there's like a I'm trying to think what my brother has. He's got like a Larry Bird Team USA jersey. Somebody's got a, I know somebody else has a Jordan jersey. Like there's just, there's just a, we got a nice collection of, of jerseys that will be, I'm sure that will be out during vacation. But, you know, I'm only taking one. I'm taking this Matherin jersey and I'm not going to wear it every day, but I'm going to, I'm going to bust it out. And it's, it's fresh. The city edition feels great. It feels great. And, um, you know, it's nice to get a surprise from your wife uh, on, on, on a jersey like this. And and with 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 Matherin, hey, I'm still here for it, man. Keep bringing it. I I can't help but just when he's in the game, he is who I am focused on. It's there's just something about him and the way he plays the game, and the potential that I see. Uh, I'm all for it. Another guy that we're that I'm super excited about. So that's just like Tyrese, Pascal, Matherin. 
is Jairus Walker. Jairus Walker, eighth pick in the draft. We traded down, got him at the eighth pick from the seventh pick. Kind of similarly to Mathren, I gave him like an A minus as far as like my excitement. There's still a ton of meat left on the bone here with, with Walker. But we did get to see, since the last time I recorded, we got to see some Jairus Walker time. He had three game a three-game span at Utah, at Sacramento, at Phoenix. He, he averaged 21 minutes per game during those three games. He put up 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, 1.7 steals, 0.7 blocks. So that's like 2.4 stocks in 21 minutes. And I did not watch the Utah game, but I saw the Sacramento and the Phoenix game. I I love watching Jairus Walker play. I absolutely love watching Jairus Walker play. His size, his ability to shoot the basketball, his just the tenacity, the the motor on him. It it feels like it feels like okay, just getting that little bit of sample size was really all I needed. I was um, because it's like, okay, maybe he's not ready to play in the playoffs this year. Maybe you maybe Rick Carlisle can't trust him when we're out there winning games. Like maybe he is going to mess things up. But Jairus Walker's, you know, 20 years old, just turned 20 rookie, just turned 20 years old. He's got the things that you can't teach being six foot eight, the build that he has, the athleticism that he has, the touch. I mean, that's something that you can teach, but like He's got touch, he's, he's got energy, he's dynamic, his passing, shooting, all those things. Um, just getting to see him play against other NBA teams, meaningful games, meaningful minutes, and, and watching him do what he did, it just, it, it, it just flooded me with this sense of, um, what do you want to call it? Maybe just like, appreciation for him as a player, but also excitement for him as a player on this team moving forward, because you always need wings. You always need guys that are six foot eight and we have one. He's just really young, really raw. The fact that he is, um, he's been going down. I I thought this was really cool. Uh, I saw some, I think maybe Pacers media put this on Twitter about, Jairus playing for the Mad Ants. It was January 27th, so three days ago. He has a monster jam, so they show the highlight. But the thing that I thought was the most exciting... So this is him coming off of three... You know, he's 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 he played some significant minutes with the team at the NBA level. But then he goes in and he he goes right down to play in the Mad Ants because he's like, all right, I got a lot of... He know, I think he's some... I mean, he probably knows that he has a lot of work to get to get done still before he can you know, be reliable in, in an NBA game consistently. Um, but it was a, it was a Mad Ants game at, at, at Bankers Light or at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And he has this monster dunk. And then the video shows like Tyrese Halliburton going crazy. I think Benedict Mathern was there. There were some other players there. And it's just that, that to me, it just shows like how it's like, those guys probably know Jairus is part of the future. I think that it just, I hope, right? I hope that, that the organization feels like, yeah, Jairus, like we know you're not actually getting out there and, and doing it on a night to night basis in these NBA games, but like you're with the team that you're a rookie. We are, we like the same way that they're coaching Mathern hard and like not let him get away with bullshit or pick up like bad tendencies, bad habits. 
It's probably doing the same thing for Jairus Walker. And he's not too big for his britches to go down and play in the, for the Mad Ants. And the fact that we have we have our star players going and watching him play, not just him, but the whole the whole team. They probably would be there even without him. But it's just really nice. It makes me it just it gives you warm feelings. It's just like a warm feeling to know that Halliburton is at a Mad Ants game to watch, you know, Jairus Walker's playing. And it's like, okay, we're not really seeing the fruits of that this season or like this playoffs but you know what happens next year what happens two years from now with Jairus Walker and so my excitement for Jairus Walker I was super excited when they drafted him but I'm after seeing him play three games um it just kind of reassures me that there's something there there's certainly something there Aaron Neesmith has been Incredible this season. Incredible of late. Moved into the starting lineup 16 games ago. In these 16 games as a starter, he's averaging 28 minutes a night. He's giving you 13 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. That's not going to blow your socks off. But when you think about Aaron Neesmith as being our you know, 4th or 5th option on the offense, and what he does on the defensive end, and the efficiency which he plays at, 49% from the field, 45% from three, 75% from the free throw line. It's like, you know, and, and this is the second shot at Bruce Brown, but it's like, he is Bruce Brown. He, like, we have we have him on the roster already, and it's Aaron Neesmith. Um, in a, I mean, they're different players, but at the same time, it's like, the fact that Neesmith is, is having this good of a season I, I still don't know that you can necessarily put a, a ceiling on Neesmith. I mean, he doesn't feel like an, a guy that has, like, all-star potential. But at the same time, he's already one of the better role players, you know, on this team. And we're one of the better teams in the league. So it's like, okay, he he's young. He's still young. I think Neesmith is 23 or 24. He was in Halliburton's draft. And, um we got him on a great contract for the next three years. He feels like one of those guys that is going to be around. And he's just been a real treat. I've really appreciated Aaron Neesmith. I love the effort that which he plays with and the energy and just the type of teammate that he is. He was Him and Pascal were going crazy after that body dunk that uh, Matherin got against the Grizzlies. And... Um, yeah, we'll just have to we'll just have to see with with Neesmith. But like excitement level for me on Neesmith, it's an A plus. I wasn't even I didn't think he would be. I didn't I didn't see him being in the rotation this year. <laughs> I mean, I, you know who am I, right? I'm just a guy in his garage. But I I when I was thinking about this team and the roster, I thought Jairus Walker would be eating up all those minutes from Aaron Neesmith. To me, he was a guy that was, uh, you know, not on a con like he didn't have a long term contract. We got him in the Malcolm Brogdon trade. He has he he definitely did some stuff last year for us, but he he didn't seem like somebody that was going to be a, a big piece of what we were doing. And at this point in the season, he he feels like he's a big piece of what we're doing moving forward. Miles Turner, at 27 years old, this has been um, I think the best Miles Tur- Miles Turner season because. He's kind of doing the production wise. It's like the same as what he did last year, but the Pacers are winning. And I feel like Miles has just been more consistent. He, he seems to be 
he seems to be just very comfortable with his role on the team. He never seems to like force it. And I think it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like he's getting so wrapped up in his individual game. He's kind of letting the game come to him. He's letting the offense come to him. He's focused on defense. Um, that game against the, the 76ers, it was by far the best I've ever seen Miles play against an elite center like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or Andre Drummond for that matter. It's just like Turner really stood his ground and held his own against a guy like Embiid. Um, he's been consistent, like, I, and this is kind of bad timing because he just missed that Memphis game. And I think he's questionable for tonight against Boston, but you know, he's played 45 out of 47 games, started 45 out of 47 games. He's uh, giving you 27 minutes a night, which is actually the lowest that he's played since his rookie season. But the numbers are right there. 17 points, seven rebounds, two blocks. 50%, 52% from the field, 34 from three, 80 from the free throw line. With the addition of Pascal Siakam, it seems like we just, like, it, it's even better for Miles because he just kind of slides slides down into that third spot, third, fourth spot. And we don't have to rely on Miles for that offense as much as we did prior to getting Siakam. Is what I'm anticipating, you know, once, once Halliburton comes back. Miles has just been really nice, and it's uh, it feels good. I've been back on the Miles bandwagon for you know some time now, and um, he feels like a guy I want to keep rolling with. I don't know three years from now if I'm going to feel the same way, um, you know, because there's going to be some talks. He's he's under contract for next season. We'll see what happens in the playoffs, and and really like I want to see all really this this entire roster. Once Halliburton is back healthy. And we start going again. It's like, how do every how, how do the pieces kind of reshuffle? Like, how do we kind of fall back into place? And what does Miles look like with Halliburton and Pascal? Um, but it's it's been great so far. Miles is is I'm excited about him and and what he's bringing to our team. The next guy, Andrew Nimhard. You know, he's been up and down this season, just missing time with with various little injuries. Um, Lately, he's been getting a start at point guard with Halliburton now, and he's been doing a great job. Uh, he's been a big reason why the Pacers are, have been in these games. He's um, he's a competitor that you can trust. He's just I feel like he's just now kind of getting into a rhythm. Um, but we'll see we'll see what happens. You know, with Halliburton back, you know, his role is obviously going to change a lot uh, because what he's been doing with Halliburton out, Halliburton will take back over. And if Nim, to me, if I were to, uh, if I was playing 2K and I was going to make a starting lineup, I would probably put Matherin in as a starter, but that's 2K. But even if the next move I would make, would I would probably put Nimhard in as a starting shooting guard next to Tyrese with Neesmith, Pascal, and Miles. Um, I don't know if that'll happen. Maybe he'll come off the bench. I would imagine, I think McConnell's out. So like if McConnell's not there, then you probably definitely bring him off the bench to have that backup point guard spot. I don't know. We'll just have to see. But Nimhard's been, he's been sweet. He's been, um, he's just like a, what I, I, he's just been, he's like this kind of just like a silent assassin. He just, he, he just picks his spots. 
He, uh, I mean, he's had some games with some big turnovers, but I feel like overall he's a he's a just a steady player who gives it to you defensively and offensively. Two way player with some good size from the guard position. He's a keeper, man. Andrew Nimhard is really really nice. Um, I like him. Let's see who else I want to hit on. I want to hit on Ben Shepard too. So twenty six pick rookie out of. Uh, I keep I keep t- I keep saying Davidson, but it's not Davidson. Ah, oh, shit. I don't know. It, I think it's like. <laughs> what is that? I'm thinking like Bel like Belvedere is not a college, right? Belmont, Belmont. I think it's Belmont. Um. But sh- like I like Shepard in the summer league, and so far, so similarly to Jairus Walker over these past eight games. Actually, more so than Jairus Walker. Shepard's been getting a much a much better look with Halliburton being out. Over the past eight games, he's given us 18 minutes a night. And the stats, the stats don't back up the eye test because the shot has not been falling. He has not been shooting the ball great, but I never have once kind of like balked at one of Shepard's shots. He 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 definitely has he has the mechanics of a great shooter. He's just an in, he's a very energetic mover out there on the court. He he seems he seems very quick, seems very fast, seems very like he is he's giving it. He when he's out there, he is giving it. He's sliding his feet, he's cutting hard, he's you know, he's just like running without the ball fiercely. And at six foot six, as a 22-year-old. To me, I see a I see a two way, a two way like he's got potential to be uh, a good two way player, and I, I've I've enjoyed I literally can say that I've enjoyed all of the Ben Shepherd minutes that we've seen lately. Now, similarly to Nimhard, whose role is going to change with Halliburton coming back, Shepherd's role is probably going to go. I would imagine he's he's back to out of the rotation when Halliburton comes in. Um. But kind of filing it away, same way I do with Jairus Walker. We got to see him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he really brings it on the defensive end with activity and hustle and toughness and grit. I think, I believe in the offensive game as well. His ability to shoot the rock, his ability to put on the drip, like put it on the floor, to pass a little bit. He's got a, he's got a lot of stuff to offer. We may not see much more of, of Ben Shepard this year, but I'm certainly looking forward to more Ben Shepard when the time comes, whether that be next year. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, that kind of bleeds right into Buddy Heald, who is... Uh, it's like if Buddy Heald was, was under contract for like two more years or something, I think the conversation would be a little bit different. But the fact that he's not, like he's going to need to get a new contract and... We don't know what that's necessarily going to be. Having a guy like Ben Shepard, not to say that Ben Shepard this year or next year's would be able to come in and just be Buddy Healed because they're different players. But Ben Shepard's play makes me feel better about our depth if we were to to lose a guy like Buddy Healed. That being said. I still kind of love Buddy, um, but he 
it's just one of those things where everybody else just feels like they've taken a step up. And to me, it feels like Buddy's kind of taken a step back, even though he still does what he what he does. He's just doing less of it because his role has has changed on the team. But I don't know. I I, I definitely I, I recognize the fact that I think Buddy's bringing it his his effort and um, intensity, although it's not. I wouldn't even say it's like league average as far as his ability to stay in front of guys on defense or rebound the basketball or whatever. I feel like Buddy's he's given everything he's got when he's out there and he's a great teammate. He's got great energy. Tyrese loves him. I'm not anti Buddy Healed. I just feel I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just becoming a little bit more indifferent towards him as a pacer long term. Like, if it happens, okay, I'm back on. But if if he were to get traded in the next week or two, or if he ends up signing with a different team, I don't know, this, this summer, I just feel like there's enough going on with this team that I'm just a little indifferent to it. Um, but I do appreciate the gravity that Buddy Heald brings out there, even though the three-point shot, what, what was it? Uh, I think he, I didn't write this down, but... I, like, so he's he got inserted back into the starting lineup. Um, so he's been in the starting lineup for the past nine games. And he's given you 11 points, three rebounds, three assists. I think it was on like 38%. Or maybe that's what it is for the year. 38% for the three-point line. So it's just one of those things where it's like, boy, if that was 43 rather than 30, 38, you've just it just feels that much better. It just, But he just hasn't had as many games where he's just lights out like, like he was last season. And... That's kind of what happens. It just feels like, well, he doesn't bring a lot. He doesn't bring a ton of other things to the table. And we got a lot of young guys that feel like maybe they deserve that opportunity. Another veteran who I've been loving is TJ McConnell. He just really is. He's just a really good backup. He's like a real, he's just a really good guy to, to bring in off the bench and Hit your team with a ton of energy, get to the hoop, pass out, finish at the hoop, um, pester the other team. McConnell just brings it, and he has been a complete joy this season. And I do really hope that 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 uh, TJ McConnell stays on this team for next season. Um, but I don't know what's going on. I mean, I I, I at this point. Whatever the whatever moves the Pacers make, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume is is a great move. Getting Tyrese Halliburton, shocker. Getting Pascal Siakam to me was another shocker. Um, drafting Matherin, drafting Walker, drafting Shepard, drafting Nimhard, drafting Isaiah Jackson, like getting Jalen Smith, getting Aaron Neesmith. Like this whole roster feels like you know it's like relatively new, and all these guys feel like their arrows are pointing up. McConnell, kind of just tried and true, but it's still tried and true, and it still works. And he's, it, to me, it still feels like he's a positive out there for this team. Um, Jalen Smith, I am... Uh, I, I, I'm probably a little bit... I'm probably more indifferent on Jalen Smith at this point. I like it. He has definitely shown big improvements to me from last season. The three-point shot is hanging on. He's still shooting 48% from the three-point line. 
this last game, I think it was against Memphis. Yeah, t- Turner was out and Jalen Smith started. There are a few threes that he took, even with him shooting 48% from the from the three-point line this year that I, you know, I remember looking at my wife and being like, oh, like we were like nervous about this shot or didn't feel good about this shot. But he hit a couple that we really needed. And, you know, the stats don't lie. I mean, he's knocking down almost half of his three-point shots. He's a big body. He rebounds the ball well. He um he he brings intensity sometimes almost to a fault. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a young guy. He's, he's a lottery pick, 10th pick in Halliburton's draft. I mean, there's you, you definitely can't say that the best basketball that Jalen Smith's ever played is, has happened yet. Like, he feels like a guy who can still get better. And he's, he's taken a step this year, which has been great. Isaiah Jackson, same thing. I mean, this has been his best season when, he, when he's getting the minutes. I trust him more. Um, I don't trust him all the way yet, but at the same time, when he comes in, um, I love the minutes and the production that Jackson's been giving us. The last guy I'll, t- I'll touch on is just Obi Toppin, who you know he moved. He was a starter to start the season, moved off, moved to the bench. Um, I uh, this whole team, I'm I'm just really really glass half full on this team right now because I like Obi Toppin off the bench too, and I don't know if, if he's around long term, but. There was a game, I think it was the Phoenix game maybe, that we won, where he hit like a game go-ahead basket that, that won the game for us. And maybe, I know recently he had a game of like 20-plus points and 10-plus rebounds. You know, that's stuff that is very valuable coming off the bench. And he's a guy that has, um, you know, he's a lottery pick and he's very athletic. Not somebody that, I want to see starting for this team, but as a bench player, I love Obi Toppin. Give me more of that. Um, so just kudos, kudos to, to uh, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan and and the the Pacers front office for just really giving this team a chance. And we got we're about an hour away from the tip off of the Boston game. Tyrese is going to come back. Uh, you know, we're, we're over the halfway point of the season. The, the schedule starts to lighten up after this Boston game. We go to New York Thursday night, then we've got the Sacramento Kings. So there's, you know, there's two more playoff teams, but then it really lightens up, you know, for the rest of the month of February. We've got Charlotte two times, Toronto two times, Detroit. So a lot of winnable games. We've, we really have had a really tough schedule the past couple weeks. So there's a chance... There's a chance that the next time, like I come back from vacation, um, you know, maybe this team's gone, maybe they've won like 10 of their last 13 games or something like that. And we're sitting in fourth in the Eastern Conference. That's very real. And uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, So I think that is going to be, that's going to be the show tonight, folks. So I'm pumped for the I'm pumped for this uh, for this Celtics game. Ready to see Siakam and Halliburton get their groove on, and um, hope that you are too. Thank you so much for checking out the Pacer Pod, and um, hope you all have a great evening, day, week, month. Do it all. So, 
Peace and love, everybody.